Welcome to The Review, a mini-episode from the Full Dive Gaming Podcast. In this review, we choose a single VR game, dive on into it, giving you all the details, and then a yay or nay on whether you should get it. This episode, we're going to be talking about Demio. Now, Jay, I know that you've played a lot of Demio over the last couple of weeks, haven't you? How about you tell I, our <laughs> listeners a little bit about the premise of the game? I don't want to admit how much I have played it. So Demio is like you go into a virtual reality, basically your mom's basement, and you are playing a tabletop game with up to three of your friends, or there are single player options and other things. And it's kind of like a watered down version of Dungeons and Dragons of what people say. So you start the game out and you got four different roles that you get to pick from and your friends do. And you drop into the middle of this dungeon and you have to explore the dungeon, kill someone that has the key and move on and move up to a boss. But have you ever played an actual game like this in real life? Because I never have. What, As what in, a, like a Dungeons and Dragons type game or just yeah. like tabletop games in general? I mean, like a tabletop game that has like hit points and stats, stuff like that. Like I have played Monopoly as far as tabletop <laughs> games go. This game is so out of my realm. So maybe you can make sure. Is there any details that I didn't tell that listeners might be interested in? Because this is so far beyond me. In terms of the game itself. Yeah, great. In terms of tabletop games, I have played a number of different tabletop games. And it does compare very, very favorably. And one of the problems that I feel like a lot of VR developers do when they bring more of these traditional tabletop games into VR is that it's too detailed. There's too many options. They're trying to shove a full-fledged tabletop game into VR, which just makes it really fiddly. One of the Mm -hmm. nice things I really enjoyed about Demio is that they cut out a lot of the stuff that doesn't matter. And they Mm -hmm. made a really really well polished um fairly easy to pick up tabletop game that still lets you dive into it and get really pretty deep into the strategy of where you and all your buddies should move uh that is one thing maybe we need to bring up demio is best played multiplayer Mm -hmm. so it really you know you wouldn't want to play a tabletop game all on your own the best way to play it is grabbing two or three of your friends and going on a dungeon crawl together and this game really captures that the essence of that it it definitely it's so new to me because like i said i've never played a game like this but basically you get into the game and you've got four different characters you can pick from and so you've got your usual i guess you'd call him kind of the brute he's the guardian and he's got like extra armor he's got a strong attack he doesn't move super fast and when i say move fast what i mean is like each character has an amount of tiles they can move in each turn and each person gets two actions that they can do in each turn. So you can either move four tiles and then move another four or you can move four and attack something there. And so if you've never played a tabletop game like me, some of this might be a little hard to follow even still because it's just so weird. But if you've ever played any game like this, you'll probably kind of understand what we're talking about. Uh, what were what was your favorite of the four characters, Adam? My favorite of the four, ooh, I really liked the warrior, sort of the brute type character. Um, He had a lot of support things, um, and he could regain armor in every turn, Mm -hmm. which is sort of like extra hit points, which in this game is a really big deal. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And it was fun sort of setting up plays for the rest of your team to do things. Um, And that is maybe one thing that we should talk about. I wasn't ready for the difficulty curve on this game jumping into this. I was <laughs> expecting, yeah, you know, jump into the game, ahaha, first level, it'll be really fun. No, this game is punishing if you don't do it right. If you if your guy moves 
a little bit out of position, he will be swarmed with enemies and mm-hmm. die in one turn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so you've got all these different enemies that are just like your players, for those of you out there who haven't played the game, and in the in the facts that they have the same stats. So they can move so many tiles. And if you pick up one of these other characters, if you pick up a rat or if you pick up a, a archer, you can see their stats. So like they may be able to move six tiles. So they can move further than you can, but their attack may not be as strong. And so you're in this dungeon, you're moving your pieces around and you can only see the physical line of sight where your piece is sitting and can actually see. And so you have to work with your team and strategize because even who goes first can make a big difference. Because if you have your weak support wizard, you know, he's the guy who has the least amount of strength, but he can stun enemies and he can slow them down. If you have him go first in the turn, that could be bad versus having your strong guardian out there in the front. And so there's all these kinds of like strategies that people who play tabletop games, you know, probably will pick up quickly. But me, I was lucky that the first time I played it, I played with someone who at least had played a few rounds and had played some tabletops. So he kind of let me in on some strategies, but I can't believe how much fun I have playing this game. (laughs) I even got, got another code. Thanks to the developer and Nat. My wife has been playing with me. We've played it two player. I played it one, two, three, and four player. I played it like every way you possibly can. Uh, and it's always different every time because you may get into a cave, a dungeon that has some huge, awful enemy, or you may get one that just has a ton of little enemies. And so you're always having to adapt your strategies with the people you play with. And that's, I don't know if that's, is that unique to this game in VR? Is that something that can happen in these other type of real life games? You have just described it. Un- if unless I knew that you were specifically talking about a VR game, it sounds like that you're talking about pretty much any tabletop game, okay. which I think really adds to the authenticity of this game and how well they captured, maybe not the mechanics, but the feel of playing a tabletop game into VR. I think it's what I had always wanted to in it, because when I imagine playing a game like Dungeons and Dragons and you're like trying to track your hit points and your cards that are going to do extra damage, it sounds like a lot of work. Like someone must have a book and is like writing this all down where in VR it's doing it all for you. You can see your hit points. You can see your cards in your hand. So you're just having the fun without any of the manual tracking of it all, which I thought was was substantial and amazing. This for all of you out there, though, this game is not it's it's out and it's released and it's for sale, but it is not finished yet. So there's two different dungeons right now. One is the first one, which is surprisingly can be difficult, but still pretty approachable. And there's a second one that is punishingly hard. And then the (laughs) third one, the fourth one, and then the final boss one all have not been released yet. So those are going to be released, I think, over the next year. Uh, What what do you think? Was there something missing from this game, Adam? Because you've played real tabletops. Is there something you were like, oh, I wish they had this one thing in there? You know, that's a really good question. And... Honestly, I think it lends credibility to the game that nothing jumps out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's It really feels like, un- unless the developers themselves sort of came out and said, yeah, it's not quite finished yet. There's still a bunch more content that we're bringing. I wouldn't even be able to tell you that it felt like an unfinished game. It feels like a fully fledged and fleshed out experience um, that gets more bonus content down the line and that feels really good from traditional tabletop games um i i feel like and i sort of am coming back to what i said before they didn't bring all the mechanics of a tabletop game there's a lot of stuff you can do in traditional tabletop games 
um, that maybe wouldn't work so well in VR. And so I feel like the developers looked at all these different mechanics and go, yeah, some of these won't work. Let's get the feel of a tabletop game instead of all these mechanics. And with that, I think they nailed it. And I don't honestly think that there's anything more that they could have added to really enhance the experience. Well, that's awesome. So we've talked about a couple of the classes, but for those of you out there who are listening, there still is two other classes we haven't really touched on. There's an archer, which I really like because you can shoot up to two arrows in each action. You can shoot them all the way as far as you can see. And the archer has uh, some special cards you'll get that might call in some friends. But the last one Adam hadn't played till last night was the assassin. What did you think of playing the assassin? The assassin plays really differently than all the other characters Mm -hmm. you can go invisible and you can kind of creep around the map and picking up items for your team while you know they're in some sort of bloodbath battle over there um but it's very much a glass cannon type of character you're able to deal insane amounts of damage and only damage you don't get a lot of like (laughs) area of effect attacks or uh status effects or anything you just deal damage Mm-hmm. And but it's really fun that every character plays so differently and has their own niche that they fall into. Yeah. And the way that this game works is that when you have your class, they have their own specific moves. You know, the archer has two arrows. The assassin can melee really powerfully, especially if you stab him in the back. But then you have a hand of cards as well. And these cards are randomly given to you when you either build up enough mana to get them or when you open a chest and then between rounds you can buy, you can buy and sell and barter your cards. And every character, there's some cards that are universal, like a healing potion. Everyone can have a healing potion on them. You can use it on each other. You can use it on yourself. But then there's specific ones that are specific only to you. You know, there's like the the guardian, the brute strong soldier. He can like throw his spear and stuff that that does a lot of damage. And so it feels really different every time you pick a different class. And I think it really adds to the length of this game because I think I've played something like uh, 15 to 20 matches already. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's terrible. I I don't want to admit to that. Uh, And I mean, these matches, if you're fast. You might get the whole thing done in an hour and a half if you're fast. That's that's a speed run level. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is a quick one. I mean, you're you're talking probably two and a half hours. This is the first time I've actually had problems with my Quest 2 running out of battery because I don't usually use a battery pack. And this game has challenged its two to three hours of battery life. And I've had to steal a battery pack from John <laughs> to sometimes <laughs> continue playing this game. So uh, $30 is the price. The, the length of time you're going to get out of it ultimately depends on what you feel about the game and how you enjoy it. But I mean, they've got unlockable cosmetics that you can unlock all the way up to, I think, playing about 45 matches total. So you're playing this with friends. If you get a good group of friends every Saturday night, want to get together and play this. The, the length of time you're going to get out of that $30 is pretty unlimited. How many hours do you think you've put in so far? I've put in probably easily 10 hours. Really? Okay. Yeah. Uh, So you actually put in a lot of hours, too. Do you think at $30, 10 hours is fair? Like if you stopped right now, never touched it again. Do you think $30 was a fair price? If I stopped right now, I would still consider it worth it. Wow. Okay. I I think that the only things that we can't really touch on here. We, I've played a ton, but I've only played with friends. I haven't tried to get into a random lobby and tried to see, you know, are there a lot of people still playing? Can you easily get into one? I didn't ever try that. That probably should have been something I checked out to see. But I mean, if you have friends who have VR or even you make some friends on Discord or something, like everyone I talk to who's played this 
wants to get in and play it. <laughs> it's not a, oh, I own it. But it's like, okay, let's set up a time and play this. And and if you're like me, I mean, you might be buying an extra copy for a friend to like get them to play it with you. Like that's how how much I'm enjoying it. So what what have we not covered to the people out there who are curious about this, who are still wondering, what have we not covered, Adam? Let, let's talk about the board a little bit. Yeah. So we mentioned that it's a traditional tabletop game. Um, and it really tries to get that feel where you have a board in front of you and you're able to move yourselves around the board and you're able to zoom in really close and zoom out. And all of the figurines are really well detailed and you're able to pick them up and rotate them and look at them. And it's really beautifully designed. Um, but one thing that I sort of found a bit annoying here and there, uh, well, one cool feature is that you can see your friends too. And they can pick their own cosmetic, like their masks and their gloves or whatever. Um, but if everyone's peering really in and trying to get a strategy, all of their masks and hands can sometimes really get in the way. And you can turn <laughs> that off, but that takes away from a bit of the experience, you know? Yeah. And and that's something we haven't quite touched on the VR mechanics themselves yet. So let's we'll we'll finish up to kind of talk about oh, that's good. the dungeons yeah. and then we'll probably touch on that too. But the dungeons are there's multiple levels to them. And when I say levels, I don't mean there's a first story and a second story. Like there are ramps that lead up to a higher area that if you get up to that area, you may be able to see down and see further or the ramps lead to a lower area. And it really feels like, you know, this this weird, insane dungeon you're navigating together. Uh, rooms are typically, you know, there's not a lot of huge rooms. Sometimes there'll be an open hallway, but there's there's a lot of little segments of rooms. So you have to open a door and then you find a bunch of enemies in that room when you open the door because you couldn't see it yet. You know, rarely do you end up in a big <laughs> hallway. And sometimes I think to myself, oh, I just wish we ended up in a big hallway. But then when you do, you have so many enemies swarming you at the same time that you're like, oh, I wish I was back in a small room again. <laughs> so it's it's interesting how the... And it's random too. It's not it's not the same every time. The number of rooms changes. The number of points of interest change, and so it always feels really different. So I've played the same. You know, there's only two campaigns. I played that first campaign probably twelve times now, and I am only starting to get tired of it. So I like I want to move on to the second one. The second one's hard, uh, and so it's it it keeps it fresh which is what i'm so impressed about uh what did you think as far as the movement style and the vr mechanics themselves this is if i had a criticism it might be with this they mm -hmm. really tried to get the feel of you reaching down and picking up your character and placing them where they want to go one of the problems with that though is that it's really prone to error sometimes <laughs> i feel like i'd often try and pick it up and drop it just to move my hand at the last second and oh no he moved somewhere he didn't want to go or oh no he didn't attack when i wanted him to and if i had any criticism to give at that game it would be that moving around your characters and sometimes selecting what you want to do can sometimes feel a little imprecise especially a game that requires as much precision in your tactics tactics as this game yeah, and that's absolutely true. So what, so what the game does is it utilizes your grip buttons on your controllers. So if you wanted to move from one side of the board to the other, you don't use your analog sticks. You physically grab the world with your grip buttons and you pull it around with you, probably to prevent motion sickness, but also to help you have really intricate and careful moving of your physical human player, your, of yourself, not your character in the game, so that you can get over the board exactly where you need to see. Uh, and that is nice if you get used to it. It takes a minute. And then you can hold the grips and you can pull them, pull your hands closer or further apart, and it'll 
it'll zoom in or zoom out to the world. So you have a lot of very intricate movement of yourself as a human being over the game board. But then when you're trying to control your character on the game board, it's harder because if you're not zoomed in really close, if you're trying to keep a distance and see everything that's happening, just like Adam said, you might try and put your character carefully on someone to attack and you miss them. And now that you've done that, like you've screwed up the whole turn. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, you, you had six enemies, the three of you needed to kill with your six turns and you just screwed it up. <laughs> so, and then, But then once you do set yourself on a character, you roll a die. And on top of that, the die has a lot of sides or hits, a couple of sides are criticals. And one side is a miss just to screw you up. So and you it might, seems to show up way more than it ever should. <laughs> it, it does. And so you think, oh, no, like you had this strategy, like everyone's got to hit this person, this person, this person to get this done. And then one person rolls the die and misses. It's not their fault. But it, it adds a, a bit of unpredictability to the game, too. Which I think is needed, though, because it makes you have to adjust your plans on the fly. Mm -hmm. There's always that chance of, OK, if we play this perfectly, we can kill all these enemies and you never play it perfectly. Yep. Yep. It, yeah, it's it is a. Uh... Very interesting to me. And I'm I'm curious to actually try some real world tabletop games maybe because of this. So I think that's something to be oh. said for the developer, because I never thought before this I would want to. And now I'm like, OK, this this is really cool. <laughs> maybe I would try a real world one. So kudos to the developer. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, last, the last thing I think I want to bring up is one thing that I I've told the developer and hopefully they're going to fix this, but there is a slight issue, uh, that you can get into where it, you make friends. Sometimes you make allies. And if you end up at the final map, it always puts you as your players in the back by the doorway that leads into the dungeon and all of your allies are in front of you. Well, if you have enough allies, they can be blocking all of your physical movement <laughs> and you may have to skip turns and sit there and wait for them to get out of your way. And all the while, you know, your enemies are spawning more enemies in. They're getting stronger. They're leveling each other up and you're just screwed sitting there. because You can't move at all. So <laughs> I reported that to devs. Hopefully they fix that quick. But that's like the one kind of like bug thing I would say I've noticed in the game. And that can be really frustrating when you're at the boss. You think you're ready to fight it. And guess what? We're all stuck here, not able to move, waiting. Who knows how many turns I waited? I want to say it was like seven turns. Oh, boy. For it to finally someone walked close enough that then all my friends tried to attack them and I could get out. And it's like, oh, gosh, how many people have made the boss invulnerable now? Yeah. <laughs> it turns out a lot of them, probably. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, Adam, is there anything you want to add before we give a yay or nay on this? Uh, I don't think so. I think we're ready to to give a report all right, on the count of three. Count, yep. All right. One, two, three. Yay. Yay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That was the easiest <laughs> day I've ever given. And for the first time on this show, we agree. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's I think it says a lot for the game, like for me, because if you may be out there like me and you think, oh, I don't want to play this game. I'm not into tabletop games. I actually got dragged into this by another YouTuber who was like, hey, I'm coming back. He's been off for a while. And he's like, I want to record some videos of this game. Will you play it with me? And I told him, I'll email the developer. And if they give me a code, I'm going to play with you. But I'm not going to buy this game. <laughs> and I feel bad now that I said that because I have played more hours of this game than so many other VR games. Uh, and I've only owned this thing for like a week and a half. So I got to stop. I'm like addicted. This is one of those games where at any point, if someone asks me, hey, you want to play some Demio? Yes, 100% yes. <laughs> I will drop anything else I'm doing to go play Demio. <laughs> well, that means we're going to play it tomorrow night. The funny thing, Nat, who I've been playing with my wife, I, she even said today, she's like, since the first day you and I play this together, this will be the first night we haven't played it. Like, <laughs> 
Well, we're talking about it, so you're yep. still halfway back into it. Yeah, if I told her, I was like, well, and well, I played something this afternoon. Last minute, <laughs> last minute research, you know. <laughs> sure, sure. You keep telling yourself that. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, hey, if you're out there and you haven't checked it out, it's on Steam. It's on Oculus. It's on Oculus Quest. Sadly, uh, I don't believe it's on PSVR, and I don't know if it's coming. But it is, if you have some friends, if you want to make some friends, I am surprised at how much I'm enjoying this game for someone who doesn't think they like these kind of games. So you might want to give it a chance if you've been sleeping on it. Yeah. And if you do get it and you love it and you're just looking for some people to play with, come join in our discord. I will certainly hop in a game with you if you recommend it. And there's lots of people on our discord that love VR and would uh, and that you can team up with to play. Yeah, we're trying to look at getting some more codes. You know, we might give some of them away on our Discord if we could do that because it'd be fun to get more. We're going to get some of the other hosts in and talk about this on a full episode. So make sure and watch out for that full episode when it drops on YouTube or on any audio platform, wherever you're at. It'll be coming towards you here soon. All right. And as always, thanks for listening. And when it comes to VR, you have to dive on in. in.